What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two-Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. You know we have in the building today? We have Yeza in the building today. What's going on, my sister? Hi, Muscle. It's a great pleasure to be on the Entertainment Report podcast. Yeza in the place from Eastside Jamaica. Bless up everybody who's listening. Thank you for joining us here on the Entertainment Report podcast today. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Definitely. We like to go right from the beginning, then bring it right up to 2023, 2024. So I know that you were born and you grew up in Bull Bay. What was a young Yeza like back then growing up in Bull Bay? Uh, young Yeza was very playful and uh, just full of life. Basically, growing up in Bobby, because it's like, um, there's a natural mystic, as what Bob Marley said, in Bobby. And when it comes to going to the rivers and the beaches and just going to explore, that was me. I was an explorer. <laughs> you like to, it was more a lot of nature and stuff. You used to like to go see what was going on. Exactly. A lot of nature and just really exploring the environment picking plums and cherries and we kind of we were very attuned with the seasons because we knew when it was plum season dinner season manga season because we would always go to to get the fruits and stuff like that we've got you there and did you grow up with any other siblings in the house yeah i have a brother i grew up with him we're literally like just one year apart and then my young my younger brother came in in the picture afterwards, and then my cousins. I grew up with my cousins. Okay, and you're the oldest, youngest in between. Where do you fall? I am the oldest. The oldest. Okay, so then you set the tone of what was going on in the house. I'm right, pretty much, but I never really saw myself like that. I just know say all the way way. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you a hundred percent. All that now and then growing up, what did you want? What did you aspire to get into? You wanted to be a lawyer, doctor, a scientist, a singer. What do you think you were going to get into growing up? Okay. So I know initially I wanted to do law because I felt like I had a calling for just reading information and memorizing important in- information and details. And then a lot of people in school, they tell me, oh, yes, uh, um, you are good at debating. So they all said, you should do more. And then I, I thought so, too. But I started to go after law. Law was, was your thing at first. So even growing up, though, that's what you thought you were going to get into. So then you started to pursue that when you went into, I know you went to the um, University of West Indies. Was that what you were pursuing there? And uh, no, so basically what I did, I had a strategy. I said, listen, I would start um, with doing history because at the time, law was very expensive. So I thought, okay, let me study history first. And then um, later on, I would get into the gist of the whole law thing, right? Um, but then while studying history and while being enrolled at the University of the West Indies, I figured that just law was just probably not it. So I kind of changed roads. What made you decide to change, especially taking something like history and law? They seem like they're two different worlds. So what made you decide to change the road in the first place? 
All right. So with the experiential the history thing, a lot of uh, people in academia, they would say, listen, if you want to do law, history is a good place to start because it's research-based. There's not a lot of research and information, and you need to understand how to, to do research. So that's why the two are linked. But why did I change route now? Um, I think I just started to be exposed, become exposed to the fact that law, there are just a lot of nuances in the whole law thing. And I feel like justice is not necessarily as clear-cut as I thought it would, would have been. And then there's a lot of different systematic things, you know, like the system has its way and you can manipulate it. So I, just, I started to discover that that wasn't necessarily my passion because I wanted to do something that was more pure and more true. So you really were going into law to basically help people or defend people that you felt were wrongly unjust and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. And, and then I, I just started to realize that it doesn't matter who's guilty and who's innocent in their world of law. It just matters how much you're able to bring forth that shit. How much you could pay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Get that 100%. I know when you were at um, UWE also, you were in a group doing a lot of backup singing. Yeah. Wow, you got the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so when I was at UWE, during my like break time, so you had like your different subjects and then like you had a break time. I would either be doing two, uh, one of two things, going to the gym, or I was going to the dorm. And then on the dorms, you had like my musical friends, and then they were always like locking up in their room, like marijuana smoke, claw the whole entire room, and then just have vibes and just I help them, the vocalists. I helped them find the rhythm and the tunes, them and them all them stuff there. So it was, it was an experience. Okay. And did you guys have an official name as a group or it was just a couple of friends doing some stuff? Yeah, they had a they had a group name. Actually, I ran into one of them the other day. Um I forgot I forgot his name right now, but cool, cool, cool guy. He's still in the industry, but he's not singing. Um I can't remember the name. I think it was like some some cup or something, cup on the yard, something like that. That was the name. But yeah. they're, no, they're no longer doing it still. <laughs> You're just still pursuing it. So then now, when did you find knowledge of self? Because you could see that somebody like you, you're very in tune with what's going on around you and yourself. When do you discover knowledge of self? It's a long process. I feel like it's gradual, like, um, it didn't really just happen all at once. It, it's kind of, it was gradual for me. So, for example, I can take it back to even before I started college. I remember before I started college, just as I graduated high school, and um, I realized that there's a lot of stuff that I was learning in history class. It didn't make sense to me. So, for example, I started to realize that everybody was just telling me about black people and the fact that we come from slavery. And that was the, the best thing I could hear about myself. So then when I started to do my own research and I started to discover that, well, there's this book called Story and Legacy. 
And the story and legacy is basically showing you all of the different things that they omitted from high school history that they didn't teach us about like black people. And all of these things were absolutely amazing things. So I started to say, well, why would I be brought up in a society that didn't tell me nothing one of those things that I read about in story and legacy? How would that make sense? Is there like an agenda? What's going on? And then from there, I started to just dive deeper and deeper into where I really am. Mm-hmm. And that discovery there made you kind of, as you said, it's an ongoing process where it's never ended. As long as you discover today, it doesn't stop until mm-hmm. basically the day you die because you're always evolving. You're always trying things. You're always learning about yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I look at your journey, you almost remind me of like a all soul living in a modern world, but you embrace both of them. You embrace the old stuff, but you also embrace new stuff at the same time. So you live right in the middle of both of them. I think I want to use this. I think I want to use this expression. Can you write it down for me after the show? <laughs> it's recorded. Don't worry. We have it. <laughs> yeah, because it resonates very much. I really do believe that. I think that who I, I think that the essence of me is an ancient soul, as I say. Um, but I understand and I respect the, the present time and present moment. And so it's fun to kind of merge both and see what becomes of it. And I, I'm very, very much still kind of looking at myself and observing how it's kind of laying out in, in this timeline space. So it's, just, it's cool. I love it. Definitely. And I know 2017 was when you put out your first music visual. It's almost six years to the date because it was November 21st you put out the first visuals, which was Everything is Irie. How have you changed from then until right now, 2023? What's been the biggest difference? Wow. Okay. I think the biggest difference for me is more understanding of what I want to bring to the musical space. At the time, I knew I wanted to do music. I knew I wanted to do reggae music. I wasn't necessarily entirely sure about how I wanted to present that to the people. But now, I know what I want to do. So even, for example, Rude Girl Roots, it's just as you said. The roots are with the ancient, and now the root girl for the fragrance. So you were spot on with that. And now I've identified that within myself that, yeah, this is what I want to, to do, like an ancient future type mm-hmm. of thing where I can reach out to the younger ones, but also keep grounded in the root and the culture because that's priceless for me. Makes makes sense, a hundred percent sense. So exactly. So I guess what I did say, I understand why it resonates with you so much now. Yes. Yeah. You get it a hundred percent. You started out there. I know that first song we were speaking about. You recorded that in Bobby Digital Studio for um Buds there. That was the first part of your journey. Another amazing part of your journey was connecting with um Rory Stone Love. How did that happen? Yes, so my connection was solo. It happened because of a performance I did at an, um, a location called, an event space called 
Stone Straw. Stone Straw. <laughs> so at Stone Straw, I, I did a performance and it was hosted by um, Alpha Lion. And I think he changed his name now, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we had um, myself on the show. I think Naomi Cohen was on that show as well. And Rory heard me. He heard my performance and he said, yo, that he, he linked up um, Alpha Lion and he said, oh, who's that in person? I need to work with her and then it happened from there. So was is it because I'm black? Was that the first song you did with um, Rory? Yes, it was the first song. And I feel it's just kind of like, okay, let's introduce you to Black Love Music. And it was Black, it was close to Black, black History Month. And he said, we have assembled that topic here. And at the time I was like, well, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of, I just yeah, study history, so I just was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I guess even though you didn't go into the field, I guess history and law and stuff like, you still use it for your music. It works one hundred percent for your music. Yes. Yeah. So, um, just the interest is not even just the degree because half the stuff I know is not because of my degree, unfortunately. Mm. You know, so just like just the interest of mm-hmm. history drives my music and just drives even my self-confidence and my whole perception of self because that's important, you know? So all of that just drives the creative energy. Definitely. And then what was the next song that you guys had put out there? So after that, um, after Isn't Because I'm Black, we started to work on the album. Mm-hmm. And basically, I think all the tracks that you see now, I don't remember exactly when I did what, but just know that the order that they're coming out is not the order in which they were done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's usually, it's just like a movie. A movie is usually shot in different sequences. So it's not how it was recorded. It's just how no. you guys decided to put it together. No. Um. Yeah, so we started to, after that, we just started to work on the album. And, you know, we have a couple tracks. Well, so I'm just excited for the project to come out finally. Um, that you guys can hear the whole whole story of what was yeah. going on in the studio. Definitely. And even before we go too far, your name, Yezo. How did you get that name in the first place? Oh, I kind of gave myself the name um, from Facebook days. So um, basically, I just, my government name, I just never resonate with it that much. So but before music, I just decided, okay, I'm going to change my name, call myself something else. So I was like, yes, I'm beat. Because it was a little bit close to money. And I was playing around with some word that I found in Swahili. It's not a direct translation, but it's. I, I just tweaked some words and mixed it with my name and English, and I came up with Yezandi. So for me, it kind of means power, strength, resilience, because I just wanted to be reminded of that. So that's where Yeza is a short version. 
For sure. Because to tell you the truth, because I know you're creative and artistic and all, I would not be surprised if you told me you really took Kanye West, Jay-Z, mixed it up and came up with Yazza. I would not be surprised if you told me that. The Y-E and the, the A-Z, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I never thought that. <laughs> no, I never thought that one, Marvel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it came to mind when I, this morning I was thinking about it. I was saying, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he told me that because the Y-E and the Z, hey, yeah, Jay-Z, Kanye West together, yeah, yes, sir. Actually, you're the creative one because I don't know how your brain style no one I come up with the weirdest stuff. Don't even don't even watch me. You understand. So okay, you have your name, your link with Rory and all that good stuff there. But then another big milestone in um in your career was when you put out a song called Glory, the original version. Yes. Tell me how you came up with that one there. Because with Glory now, it's like we heard you on the hardcore original dance hall rhythm, reggae rhythms and stuff that rub it up. But then this mm-hmm. now flipped the script. And you flowed on it just like you were flowing on every other rhythm. And to me, again, this is this is me. I felt like listening to this song, I said, listen, if Beyonce was born in Jamaica, this is how Beyonce would sound on this song right here. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a big compliment because I'm a huge Beyonce fan. You okay. Now that I said that to you, take off your, your own hat. Put on my hat and listen back to that song, and you'll understand why I said what I just said. Mm-hmm. You have a point because since when she's been doing the rapping stuff, like even on her recent stuff, she, she kind of does. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. How did you come up with Glory? Uh, so, Glory is like pandemic warrior spirit vibes. <laughs> so it's like we are the warriors right now this pandemic is not going to dim our light and stop our flame so if you I'm not I'm not sure if you've seen the visualized of what for the glory mm-hmm. I was standing in there in the ocean with, with a flame with a torch it was kind of symbolic of us not just being drawn by this tsunami of like diseases and you know viruses so it was literally what i needed to hear and i figured if i need to hear it other people need to hear it too so that's really what glory is like surviving the pandemic definitely something and you're talking about something we all needed to hear and then you came up with you called his name in the original version and then he appeared on a remix Cesar Kalanji. how do you connect with Cesar Kalanjika again you know he's one of those fire burners he's one of those people you want to hear in a pandemic and those type of stuff there how do you connect with Mr. Kalanji? <laughs> I think there's another manifestation because like the real the real anchor for him being on the the second one was because I named Jacqueline you know, and then um, my manage, manager, Xavier, uh, co-managed Wont, he heard, he heard me when I was saying to the group of them that, listen, Kalanji, I think Kalanji would have liked this because I named drop him and gave me. And we, I think he went to his studio like the night after that and playing the song for him 
And she was like, no man, but I my name that she used and the song bad. Yeah. You know? So when he heard it, he he rocked with it. And after that, he was in the studio and he called me and said, listen, I'm doing a verse now. Coming out of the studio. How how did that feel going from listening to SZA, name dropping SZA, to now doing something with SZA, recording with him? How did that feel? Actually, it was very, it's unreal. It still is unreal because, like, <laughs> I just can't wrap my head around the fact that it, it happened, but it did. And I'm, so, I'm very, very grateful for all of the key components that would make it happen, including me being inspired to to call his name and then management following through, making him hear the song and him loving the song. And just how just how seamless he was out of rhythm as well. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, you know? No, definitely that that's a big moment. You you have these moments that you just seem to manifest or just happens to you. They're crazy. Linking with Rory Stone Love. Getting a feature with um Sizzler. Now this one here, doing the verses after party with Rory again. And this is the verses with Bounty and Beanie. All right. How did this happen here now? And what was this like now for you in your career? Um, amazing. I mean, I was I was looking at the live afterwards and you have like Swiss B. Yeah. Timberland, you have all of these big names and watching the live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is my look at 30 seconds of global <laughs> You know, so I felt like, whoa, like it just dawned on me that we really can create the lives that we want. Um, because I went from just writing stuff in my room to like, just collaborating with massive names and stuff like that. So it's like, sometimes you're the only thing worrying back. You just have to kind of go for it. And is this something you've always believed in where you could basically manifest the life that you're looking for? Yeah, I think so. Because I think I've always been programmed this way because I grew up as a very talented child and it wasn't thing, it wasn't anything that I thought about. For example, I was very good at running. Uh, so track and field were like just second nature to me. I was the fastest thing in the schools. Um I was a champion girl. I still have like a picture with myself holding a trophy and I thought the fastest girl and then I was standing beside the fastest boy. Um nobody could beat me as a woman. The only person that could beat me was a man. And wow. I think from that time, I kind of just realized that, listen, it, you know, like it's, it's possible. Things are possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You seem to be, again, this comes, this is where the old soul and the modern in one, you seem like a person where you love to take a nature walk, but you also like to lock up in the house and play video games all day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a homebody and a theater junkie at the same time. How do you know these things? Observation? <laughs> no, you're really spot on with your observations, muscle. Mm-hmm. 
I just, I just like, especially if I'm going to have you as a guest and then I say, okay, I've been following you for a long time on Instagram. And then I really take a deep dive and I just let it marinate in my head. And these are some of the conclusions I come up with. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. So I used to play video games more often when my brothers were around, but now that they're not around, I don't really play that much. I used to play um, Mario, Grand Theft Auto. I used to even play, um, you have one. You have one with the many black, black, um, all of those I used to play, my own advice. But my brothers, they're not around anymore. So I don't really play that much, but I do stay home. I like, I like my home. And then when I'm not home, I might all bring shows and stuff or I'm in nature. So that's me. <laughs> Definitely. Because I remember seeing you at the lodge. You were taking some pictures, but there was one picture in particular that I seen you take. And I said, yes, this is what I rate right here. A picture with you and as a lineage. Right there when I said, okay, these two empresses, lioness, these two musical geniuses are connecting so early in their career. I said, I loved it. And I think I seen a um, a performance where it was you, Aza, and one more person, I think you were doing an acoustic performance. What was that like connecting with Aza Lineage? Connecting with her is, is is great. Oh yeah, talking about the um you're talking about the lioness on our reading Yes, yes, yes. So as myself, yeah. That was bomb. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. And you had a lot of other queens on it as well, but they weren't in the in the island at the time. So we checked. We kind of just did did that together it's always a it's always a joy you know um even right now like i'm thinking we need to collaborate and we've talked about it so it's just a matter of when it's on a combust definitely definitely love working and connecting with with um setting press them and this and other i i read her works so yeah for sure i love, yeah, it. I love it when i see that i said yeah my respect whatever Whoever or whatever you guys are doing, you guys are making the right moves. You know what I mean? Whoever's in the camp, the managers, whoever it is, you guys are definitely making the right move right now. Thank you. Bring up the team. Yep. Definitely, 100%. Another song that you had put out lately with um, Rory Stone was called um, Star of the East. How did you come up with that there now? And that one was very, I like the visuals for that one there too. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Star of the Ink, it was basically just, and and I can go back to what I said. I don't remember if I did write his first account. But yeah, this one, it was like, I wanted to be honest uh, about, you know, my journey, where we come from. And Star of the East is literally the name of my, my road that I, I mm-hmm. live on and where I grew up. So I think it was just, because my in-branding played such a big part of who I became and who I am, it yeah. was important for me to use that as an introduction to who I really am. What's the chances of living on a road called Star of the East? What's you know, Think about that. What's the chances of that really happening? And then you turn around and do a song like, and then become the star from these. What's the chances of that? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's wild. When I seen the visuals, I thought it was a made up road. I said, okay, you guys just put the sign up there and stuff. I didn't know that was a real road. 
No, no, it's a real road. So like the short, short version of it is like people say, oh, you come from Starling, Starling, you know, but the actual official road is Starling East. Buddy, if, if, if there's one thing I know for sure, when it comes to manifestation and you designing your life, this is 100% spot on because that's crazy to know that's but the I never trying to do it before. <laughs> You didn't, but I'm pretty sure one day you looked at it in yourself, you know, I'm going to be the star from the East. I'm pretty sure one day you said that in yourself. Pretty sure. And I, I, I don't remember, but what I can say is I like to tell people I was from Starling because, like, you know, stars are, everybody likes stars, you know, whether it's in the sky or a, a star, like a superstar. So I like that, but I never really thought of it in connection to my life journey on it anyway. Yeah. That needs to be that needs to be the name of your book. That's it right there. Star of the East, right there. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then right now I know you have your latest song that you're promoting. This is when we see a a different side of you. We know you could DJ, you could sing, you could sing J and all that. But this now organic now. This this comes back to exactly what I said in the beginning with the old soul living in a modern life. Or okay, yeah, now you have on your bikini and stuff. You're still being empress, like you're still being conscious, like, but you're still showing them that listen, just because I'm conscious doesn't mean I'm boring. Doesn't mean that I can't have fun. Doesn't mean that I could show something. You know what I mean? Talk to me about organic. I, I like how you get in it, man. You get it, you get it. So not everybody gets it, you know. <laughs> so to 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 finish that, I would say organic is is just as you say. It's like bringing the conscious vibe into the nowadays time, and nowadays time is everybody wants to feel good and look good, but at the same time, the consciousness connection is in order to do this, you don't necessarily need to go to the surgeon, you know, you can live well. Um, it permeates all of you. It's physical, your mental, and your spiritual. So that's the message for the queen. Then I realized that the space needed it because I don't really hear much um, encouragement for the women who don't want to go that route. It's all about Dolly. So I felt like I needed to step in and speak on that, especially as a woman who's living that way myself. Afro represent and then when I did it just kind of solidified the fact that it was the right move because now we have all of these beautiful queens telling me that oh my god like I really I really needed this kind of encouragement you know for sure and did you get any backlash for a song like that because you know in today's society they could label that oh you're you're trying to body shame me or some something like has there been any backlash because of your song not one. I haven't even read one negative comment about the song. Maybe other people have said to other people. I haven't heard it. And I've not seen not one comment mm-hmm. um, that's in opposition to, to the song. So I'm very Good, because you know a lot of people would take something that's good. You're taught, you're actually saying something good. You're giving good encouragement. But there's always somebody that finds some way to turn something around to fit their narrative to whatever they're trying exactly. to do. Exactly. It's like they want to project their mm-hmm. their reality onto you. And I expected 
to get more backlashing on it. I really did, but it's okay. Just, it's love. <laughs> okay, so you knew that it might have ruffled some feathers going in, and you were, you were, you being the rebel, you were ready for it. Yeah, I was preparing for some backlash, and people be like, "Oh, she had gone like this, and oh, she organic, and she don't be sorry." Yeah, I was ready. But I never, I still went to <laughs> Yeah. No, but it's just one of those things because I think your hair, your hair is natural, right? Yeah, even right now I'm wearing my natural yeah. hair. Okay. So, but you see the thing I wear with braids. it. Though. I wear braids, you know. So yes. Some of the pictures, most of the pictures you see, I, I'm wearing braids, but, yeah. you know, my hair is still long. Yes. And so. But you see the thing with it, you have natural hair, but you still wear makeup. And again, that goes back to the old soul living in a modern world yeah. where you're still, I want to, I want to be myself, but I just wanted a certain aspects that you want to keep and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right now I'm not wearing any foundation. To and, and your skin is glowing so much, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I got you. We're we're almost done the year right now. We're going into 2024. What can we expect for you from 2024 besides this crazy single that you have right now, Organic? All right. So 2024, be prepared for the album. The album. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm considering other singles, but the album for sure. In 2024. And after the album, I'm looking forward to sharing the vibes physically with the people I'm by way of touring and, you know, turning off. So I'm very much looking forward to 2024. <laughs> We're waiting for you in Toronto, all of Canada, as a matter of fact, waiting for you to grace the stages out here. Awesome. I cannot <laughs> wait. Make sure you send me invitation. Because I will be there. Hundred percent. Listen, right now the floor is yours a hundred percent. Leave some contacts where they could check out your music, where they could follow you on social media. Anything else you want to say? Big ups, anything? The floor is yours one hundred percent before I get you out of here. All right. So I wanna say big up to the teams. We have Xavier, Antoinette, and Travis, you know, behind the scenes, they've been putting in the work. And I want to say that big up all of the people who are supporting me all across the world. This morning, I got a message from an empress from Uruguay. And I was like, Uruguay? I only heard, hear that I'm, when I'm watching Top Ball. Mm -hmm. you know? So big up to all of the people. Then I realized my, my family is growing more. So big up everybody. And big up. Thanks, podcast and the Terror Court podcast and yourself, Muscle, for having me. You can follow me on socials at YEZA Music on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Audiomack. Make sure you stream music, stream organic as well. Definitely. Yes, sir. Yep. It's been a pleasure and thank you so much for sitting on and talking to me today. No, thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed this the conversation. You got yourself, Muscle. Definitely. Thank you. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here, all right? All right. Bam. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two-Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, The Pull-Up, and we are out.
Perfect. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.